Okay, welcome back. And today we're going to talk about a topic that is uh, that can be a little bit hard to talk about because there are a lot of people losing their jobs at this moment in time or certain sectors are getting very depressed. So people are on furlough and job cuts are coming in. I'm sure you've seen the numbers and more and more people are talking about it. And there'll be a whole bunch of you guys that are graduating into a depressed job market where you have to have a lower starting salary or you will have to essentially join a different sector, right? Maybe four or five years ago, you decided to embark on aviation engineering and today you look at what's happening, right? Or four or five years ago, you decided to learn hospitality management and then you look at what is happening today, right? So the realities of the market is tough, right? And... Uh, so yeah, we're just going to talk a little bit about some of the hard truths of uh, job hunting in, in tough times, right? Hopefully it helps you get a better picture and strive better. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So good morning, everyone. I welcome you back to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we'll be debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. And today we're going to talk about three hard truths of job hunting in tough times. Welcome back. Okay, so I'm sure you know the world is going cray-cray, things are going a little nuts. Um, but all those things sometimes are a little beyond us in the sense that we cannot really control the pandemic. We cannot really control, you know, how the economy is moving. Um, but yeah, in our day-to-day lives, it, it it trickles down, right? So there are a lot of people that are going through... Um, you know, essentially job cuts, they're going through like pay cuts, they're going through furloughs and some people just lose their jobs. And for the many of you guys um, that are young, vibrant, just graduating into a depressed job market, I think that is the reality of today. <sighs> it's a heavy topic, huh? but it is what it is. Um, we We always hope for good times, but the reality is it is not a good time now. So if it's not a good time now, then we still have to make things work. We still got to do what we can, right? So while we continue to complain, we continue to like, you know, say government not good, you know, or whatever. Some people do that a lot. Um, I think the reality is the reality and we need to work with it, right? So let's do what we can. And today I'm going to just share with you some hard truths because um, many of you guys have mesmerized the idea of going to work and after university you committed so many things and then you come out and then ta-da things happen and you know not so good and some of you you know went, went through training to like I have a friend I have a few friends who, like went through a training a year or two to become a steward and then barely a year into flying they lose their jobs right so these are things that we cannot control but there are some things that we can and I'm going to try to give you some reality check in terms of how do you like then find a job in this period I don't know when when things are so for like a better way to put it so tough lah and yes, before we go into today's topic, I want to share with you guys uh, this book that I've read called The Upside of Down, Bouncing Back in Business and in Life by Megan McArdle, M-C-A-R-D-L-E. Okay, sorry if I butchered your name. But yes, um, some of these content that I'm going to share with you today are actually 
she inspired me to talk about, right? Because um, she wrote about a lot of things, you know, about how to embrace mistakes and how punishment is very, very powerful and impactful in nurturing your habits and all those kind of stuff. I think those are good. But one, a few things that she talked about, you know, really revolves around job hunting because one of the biggest downside is, you know, that you have no job, lah, right? So she's went through that whole period of 911, you know, where the, the whole World Trade Center came down and, you know, US was shook, right? And she was just kind of priced out of the job market for an extended period of time. So she has some thoughts and I actually resonate with her thoughts. I'm going to share with you uh, what I learned through the book. So definitely recommend you to check out the book. I think it's written very well. Uh, the stories transit very, very well, right? So enjoy the book. And today we're going to start with the first point you know, of uh, hard truth of job hunting in tough times is... That honestly, there are many more applicants that are probably more capable than you. So like it or not, uh, during normal times, uh, most people that are fired or most people that are let out of the company are really quite the bottom tier. Or maybe they re really don't fit the company's culture or they're just not capable enough you know, to feed the company's expectation. But during tough times, right, maybe... You know, uh, more people are let go, and for more a, a wider myriad of reasons, not just about their abilities, not just about their experience, but a lot on costs. Um, like there can be a whole team that gets left, you know, that gets kind of chopped off, and there can be a whole department that gets restructured, and people just go. But these people are very capable, and under normal times, they may not be the top flyers, or maybe they are. You never know. And under normal times, they will not be let loose because. When you're under normal times, you're let loose because of your performance. But in bad times, everyone gets let loose, you know, and uh, there's a more there's a wider myriad of reasons. So in that sense, many people are vying for the jobs that you are vying for, right? And many of them may be a lot more capable than where you are, right? Just because of the situation, just because of the scenario, lah. Huh? So from an employer's perspective, right, now that there are so many applicants out there, okay, and they're so capable, or at least relatively much more capable than on normal days, um, but there are lesser hirings, right, lesser openings because uh, some sectors are growing and those growing sectors will hire, but many other sectors will not, right? So when there's lesser opening, more capable applicants, then companies will be very, very specific and they will try to create more filters to kind of filter you through which is kind of what makes their lives easier. I mean, if you think about it, before maybe they can handle like 50 applications, right? But now because there are 500 applications, they'll be a lot more specific as to what they are seeking, right? So they may raise, you know, the minimum number of years of experience. They may raise, you know, the kind of skill sets that you need to have. They may be very specific that they only want someone like, like social media is one thing, but social media management for Facebook groups, well, that is like very specific, right? So, you know, all these skill sets become more and more, you know, uh, kind of funneled down because companies will then need to create all these filters. Not because they don't want you, right? But not because they don't see the potential in you, but just because there are more people out there vying for that same amount of jobs. For easy processing, they will just have to kind of essentially amp up the filters lah. And for all of you who have not checked out our Facebook page, um, definitely head over because one of the videos that we did during the COVID lockdown period or the MCO period, like we just wanted to have fun and just spend some time, not very sane at home. So we spent time with uh, this lady called Katie, a recruiter from Mind Valley, 
And she shared with us how they actually do it, right? Like from the insider view, right? So how to improve your chances of being hired by them. And it's pretty interesting because they use things like keyword search when they look at your resume. So when they write the job description, they have all these different words in the job description. And the more you use the same words in your resume or in your cover letter, it increases your chances of being picked up by them because they use keyword search and the more keywords that come out, then ta-da, you know, that, that is one of the realities that, you know, HR people do. Of course, they they want to be able to see the person beyond their resume and, and get to know the person. But the reality is because they have so many people out there trying to apply, especially during tough times, they will have to use things like keyword searches. And one other thing that she shared with us was that if you really want a job, then you should just go to LinkedIn and find someone that is working in the same company. Ask them how they did it. Best is the same department or talk to the HR people directly on LinkedIn. You know, what they're looking for and to see how to craft your, your cover letter or your resume to fit what they're looking for. At least get to know them personally because that is probably the one of the best way to know what do they want. Right. And with like social media with LinkedIn today, you know, you could just connect with people. And I think many people are very happy to connect with you. Right. So don't be stuck in a silo trying to write resume and going through all the, the, the job search, job portal, and then be very sian. Because it is true, it is very sian. I get it. Right. So head over to you know the Financial Coconut Facebook page to go and see the video. I think she has shared a lot of things, but if you're too lazy to go, one is to definitely use keywords you know that the job description has and the other one is to connect, directly connect with people that are in the company that you're trying to work for and try to understand how are things like, how do they do it so that you can increase your chances of being hired by them, right? So I strongly recommend you watch the video. And that is point number one, right? Where um, the reality is, it's not that you're not good, it's just that other people are better. Lah. So relatively, there's only one job out there or there's only a few openings. Less openings, more people. We got to, you know, be a little bit more tactical. Lah. That's the hard truth of job hunting in tough times. And point number two, okay? Very, very likely, okay? The point number two is very likely you need to switch a sector. I think many people, they are so used to a certain sector and they don't feel comfortable switching. And I'm going to share with you more about this afterward from our sponsor. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, truth is, uh, some of you guys may have picked up aviation engineering or like tourism management or like, I don't know, financial, uh, learn finance, or you've been working in aviation for years or you've been working in tourism for years. You've been working in, I don't know, shipping for years. And some of these sectors are going to get disproportionately affected. And that is the reality. So what, what does that mean? It means that, right, the chances of you finding the same job in the same sector, right, is very, very low because most people are just firing. So you have to be open to the idea of switching a sector. And I get it. It is tough. It is not simple. And sometimes you, you know, you like know all these people already. You spend so much time and you love the sector that you work in and all the connections, all your friends, you know, they're all in the sector. So I, I get it. I have a lot of friends in tourism and, 
you know, they they mesmerize about the times that they work in tourism, which is which is cool, which is nice, but reality is fun, right? Reality is you need to get a job and this market is just not hiring. So you gotta go somewhere else. And that is the hard truth. There's no other way to put it. You have to go into another sector. And in this process of switching a sector or even switching a department, right? But more likely switching a sector. It is grueling, for sure. Uh, but I think there are some things that you can do to help you through this process. And one of the things is to recognize your skill set, you know, independent of the sector. What do I mean? Being able to serve the customer needs and resolve their anxiety is not unique to tourism. But it is very common, right? Very common when you work in the hotels or you work in the call centers, you know, that you are always solving people's problems. And when they coin, they're very, they're very anxious, very emotional, you know, and they just want to like, essentially they want to just to get their problems solved. Like, they don't care that you're actually not the cause of the problem because to them, you are the solution. And one part of the solution is they will get very emotional. Of course, not all customers, but that is the reality for some customers, uh, especially my mom. But anyway, um, what is important is to recognize that your skill set of managing customers' anxiety and solving their problems is transferable. And that is a skill set not unique to the sector. Right, so this is something that you need to understand. Every sector wants people that can solve people's anxiety and solve problems. Listen to customers' needs, right? Tech sector needs it. You know, other sector also need it. Every other sector needs something like that. So don't funnel your thought that you know you only know all these things because a lot of skill sets are actually transferable. So let me let me just give you uh, some examples, right? Essentially, I think um, maybe some of the engineering sectors that are getting affected, like the aviation engineering, like Rolls Royce has a very huge factory here, and of course, uh, nothing's gonna really happen because you know essentially Rolls Royce set up the factory to supply Boeing, right? And ain't our shit gonna happen, man? It's like there's no nobody flying, so no planes out. So you may have spent years, you know, working in Rolls Royce and working on the engineering line and innovating on on that. Right? And, but, but nothing's going to happen. So what can you do? You can take your same engineering skill set. Okay, of course, the application is different in the sense that you may need to transfer it to another sector, let's say automobile or let's say like precision engineering or something else or join an innovation company and provide them the understanding of you know, the engineer's view of you know, the problem because engineers have a very interesting way of looking at things. They look at the processes, they break down step by step and they put in every single you know, thing that they know to kind of get from point A to point B. So the engineering way of thinking is very interesting. Right? If you talk to engineers, you know they, they have this very structured step-by-step -step way of thinking. So while you know, Rolls-Royce may not be hiring or aviation sector, aviation you know, uh, engineering is not going to work, you can always shift your capacity somewhere else. You may need to take a pay cut because you don't have relevant understanding in the other sectors, but why not? Because you know, you just need to go somewhere else in that sense and your sector is not hiring. So take your skill set, recognize your skill sets and go somewhere else, right? And for many other people that are, let's say, in the service sector, I think the service sector is the most, the most hard hit, right? Like if you work in hotels and whatnot, you have, you know, experience managing all these people, managing all these difficult clients or, you know, different, different um, way of interacting with people. I think a lot of co-working spaces, incubators, and a lot of these kind of community um, places will want to have you, right? So you can always apply to 
work as a community manager in, let's say, WeWork, in one of the co-working spaces, or you can apply to, you know, uh, join the incubator and just kind of be the people manager, right? So there are many other things that you can do. Of course, there's just so many things. I cannot be everything specific, but I, what I want you to know is to recognize that what are, you know, the skill sets that you have and how has that been applied into your current sector, Right? And don't mix it up to say that I only know how to serve customer. Man. No, but that's not the truth because managing customers everywhere also got customer. So recognizing your skills and recognizing your sector, that's the difference. And take that skill, write it down and see how you can transfer that skill to another sector and go somewhere else to get a job because your sector is probably ain't not going to hiring, man. So go there, see something else, see a whole new world, open up your mind, okay? And the third hard truth, you know, of uh, job hunting at tough times is you honestly uh, just need to get something done, okay? If not, the chances of you falling into the abyss of unemployment is quite serious. So what is the abyss of unemployment? Of course, uh, Megan McCardo has talked about it in her book, but I also experienced it when she was writing, when I was reading her book, I was like, yeah, 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 I agree, I agree. So uh, this, the abyss of unemployment is a very real thing and how does it work? It starts with you not having anything to keep you going. Alright, so many people have a day-to-day -day process, right? You wake up, you brush your teeth, you shower, you change, you go to work, talk to your friends, you know, go for that 9.30 morning breakfast tea thing and then come back to start work, you know, it's okay lah. I know a lot of people do that. And then you do whatever you need to do, you go for lunch, you come back. So the cycle repeats, repeats and you have a five-day work week, two-day off. You know, not everybody love it but like it or not, right? It has kept you going. And because there is a system, there's a process, you just run, you just keep going. You don't sit down and think, right? Which is not great. I got I gotta say that's not great. You really gotta sit down and review. But that aside, okay, so that is that is something that we need to work with. But the reality is because there's such a system, it keeps your life moving. And you learn new things and you gather resources like it or not, conscious or not. It just keeps going. But when you lose your job, you lose that process, right? And when you lose that process, what's the next reality? The next reality is you don't make money. And when you don't make money, you essentially socialize less. And that's what I've experienced. Right? When I don't have money, right, I just don't really hang out with my friends as much. I feel like, you know, my friends are doing so well. I feel inferior. I have this complex. Like, oh, yeah, you know, everybody's doing so well. You know, I drop out of school. Then now my business is shit. I'm broke, you know. And then, and then I, I become more and more in, you know. Like, I just... I just don't want to socialize. Like, and then I feel inferior. I don't go out. I don't see the world. I don't connect with people. And my worldview becomes smaller and smaller. I become more and more detached from the market and essentially I end up staying unemployed for longer than if I would have went out and connect with people and talk to people, understand what's going on, what's the market like, you know, learn new things and, and whatnot. So, and then it becomes a cycle, right? Then the more I don't have a system to go, the more I have no money, the more I don't socialize and then da 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 da, da the more I feel in fear and then... Poof, Right, so that is the abyss of unemployment. And there are a lot of research that talk about this, whether is it um, in the US where people, they just, they fall, off the, they fall off the unemployment numbers because they are just unemployed for so long. They are deemed as unemployable. They're not even called unemployed anymore, right? They're just unemployable. And from someone that has been through this, I just want you to know that, yes, I always joke about the social distancing officer because there are so many social distancing officers that they themselves cannot social distance. Huh? But I recognize what the government is doing and I recognize that it is better that you have something that keeps 
going, right? Something to keep you going rather than sit there, you know, and wallow and have all these problems. But while you take on, uh, you know, a less desirable job, let's say you're underemployed, right? Nobody nobody really will tell me, hey, I study four years because I want to be safe distancing ambassador. But if let's say you end up doing something like that, it is, it is fine. Take this process to revisit what you want to, you know, take it as an opportunity to breathe and think and, you know, do what you need to do to heal and revisit your life. But the last thing you should do is don't do anything, right? So even if it's take the $1,200 a month, uh, SG, I don't know, uh, what do you, what do you get? the SG United work, you know, internship thing, you know, where the government pays you to go and learn something or go and take some like underemployed jobs or do something that helps you to essentially keep you going. Right? It's not great. It's not beautiful. It's not exciting. But it's better than sitting there and wallowing. Because when you do that, when you go out there and do some sort of job, you meet people, you connect with people, you see ideas, you you don't feel isolated. You don't feel, you know, um, alone. So that is very important. That's real. You know, it's a very real view. So definitely head out, do something. Continue to complain that the job market is shit, but still take some job, okay? So yeah, I'm going to sum up today about the three hard truths of job hunting in tough times. And number one is there will definitely be more applicants that are probably more capable than you because during tough times, uh, more people are laid off not just because of performance, but because of cost structuring and restructuring and they, companies just need to keep themselves afloat. So many talents do get you know, they get, they get, they get going la, and then they fight with you in the job market, okay? And number two is that very likely you need to switch a sector because your sector is not hiring. They are retrenching and what are the chances of staying the same thing? So what you need to do is to recognize your skill and how has that been applied in your sector, right? So then you can take this skill and reapply into another sector. You are not worthless, okay? Remember that. And number three is that you will need to just do something. Even if you're underemployed, you know, just do something because you don't want to fall into the abyss of unemployment, right? It's going to be tough. You, it, It's not going to feel good that you've studied so hard or you've worked so many years and you've got to take a junior role or you've got to, you know, do some part-time or something. But doing something allows you to meet people, allows you to open up your mind, allows you to connect. And opportunities will come. Tough times don't last, right? Tough people do. So I hope that you become a tough person. So I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. I hope you would share what you've gained with people you love and I want to hear from you. Give me some questions and help me along with building a community of financially savvy coconuts. I hope together we can fulfill our curious minds and our desire for clarity. Join our community telegram group, reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description below. If you enjoyed the podcast and if you want to keep us growing and stay independent, do buy us a coffee at coffee.com. With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all. Test, test. Okay, I hope you guys learned something useful and um, I definitely hope that you're doing well but if you're not doing well, it's... Uh, 
it is what it is. We do what we can and we will find a better day ahead, right? That is the truth. Tough times don't last, yeah? Uh, and yeah, so that's that's all for this week. Um, definitely reach out to all the kind of government initiatives, and you know these are lifeline. Just take it and do something, and you know do what you need to do. Okay. And so next week, next week we're gonna spend some time to talk about some of the financial advice out there. So during tough times, right, there is a tendency to see a lot of scams, right? There's a tendency to see a lot of you know uh, very salesy push for some opportunity la, or like some like get rich quick la, or like some like uh, solution to all your problems right so there are a lot of these kind of things will start to pop up and you will probably see more ads because ads become cheaper during these times you know so then you know it's easier conversion numbers are lower so all these things will happen and um, I just thought that I, I'm going to put together a few you know financial advice that I think you should be wary of not specific but different kinds of financial I've grouped them together and I think those are you know good enough for, for you to help you to filter out what is valid and what is not right so everybody will give you some sort of advice even for us I'm sharing with you my view and while I'm not trying to advise you use on you advise you on something um as I'm sharing with you, in some ways, it is it is it is my perspective and my knowledge, right? So then, many people will do that also. Many people will try to share with you. So how do you then filter out all these kind of different kinds of advice? So next week we're going to talk about three kinds of financial advice that I think you should be wary of, and I hope it helps you to, you know, continue to learn better and you know just be smarter and filtering out advice because we cannot be catching everything, I hope to equip you with some ability to catch and sniff out things that are fishy, fishy. Huh? Sounds very good, but maybe not. So, see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 